we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. We know that the people who are dying from this from this uh, disease. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. You've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Saturday, the 22nd day of January, the year of our Lord, 2022. I am Johnny Anderson, and riding shotgun, as always, is the ever-popular Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Yeah, healthy and alive. Doing well. Hopefully you're doing well as also. I'm I'm doing um, I'm doing great. Um, I <laughs> it's 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 all kicking off over here. Uh, it, it's all kicking off over here. It's it's uh, it's getting crazy. And you know what? If you were to watch any television network, if you're to look at any newspaper here, let alone anywhere else in the world, you're not going to see it. What have we said from the start? The revolution will not be televised, right? It's not going to be televised. The revolution is going to be live. It will be live, and it will only be on select platforms. So if you want to find out what's going on, then you need to be plugged into the right platforms. The media is not going to tell you what's going on, obviously. I mean, we, we're kind of all, at least if you're listening to us, you understand that by now, that the media is not going to tell you what's going on. Bruce, do you believe the media in any sense, any shape, any form, any of it? Do you, do you believe the media? Do you have any faith in the media at all? Whether that's Fox News or uh, CNN or MSNBC, what, whatever, take your pick, or, or any of the uh, the UK networks uh, that we review around here, the French networks, anything like that. Yeah, I, I have a lot of faith in them. I believe they're going to lie to me every time. Really? They're going to lie to you every time? You know, it's funny, I, I ran across this piece today, and <laughs> normally I would just gloss right over it because I, I thought... Okay, tell me something we don't know, Einstein, right? T just tell me something we don't know. More people call the media dishonest, both globally and nationally, as a view of US TV reporters hits a new low. Um, yeah, the media is dishonest nationally. Of course it is. We review the American media here all the time, as well as globally. I'm not talking about global coverage. I'm talking about media in other countries when we get our hands on it. Of course, it's dishonest. We look at Australian media. We look at New Zealand media. We look at German media, French media, Italian media, UK media, Netherlands, basically all the Western countries. Hell, we even look at the Chinese mainstream media. Of course, we know what their standpoint is. We look at Russian mainstream media as much as I don't like to do that. And as crazy as it is, we also follow Russian disinformation. I know that that's been like a, a talking point and a meme and a pun and all the rest of that over the last, what, five, six years now is Russian disinformation. As part of what we do, we have to watch Russian disinformation on purpose so we can decipher it. It's it's um, it's quite funny, some of it to be honest, when you start looking at it. But that's a uh, that, that's a that's another story for another day, I guess. Opinions regarding the honesty and ethics of the media continue to worsen, especially when it comes to television reporters, a recent survey reveals. I wouldn't have guessed that. If you look out in the streets of any European nation right now, I'd say that they're pretty upset. Globally, 67% of people surveyed worry that journalists and reporters are purposely trying to mislead people by saying things that they know are false or gross exaggerations. Do you get that feeling? <laughs> Do you get that feeling when you watch the mainstream media? Do you feel like they're lying to you? Do you feel like they're trying to mislead you or or grossly exaggerate something? Yeah, just a little bit. Just, you know, it's just not like bit. it's, uh, uh, you know, I mean, like, 
four years of Trump, the hysteria that was all around that. I don't know the the riots that happened. Oh, excuse me, uh, peaceful, uh, mostly peaceful protests, and then uh, COVID. You know all of that debacle. Yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't put a finger on where the lies are. It just, it, it completely eludes me. These people are, are like, they're, they're a joke. They're, they're an absolute joke. Who listens to this? Except for the ones that are out there taking jabs. They're the ones that listen to them. And case in point, it is very rare these days, but I still see it. I I, I was out, uh, where was I? I was going, I think I was going to like the post office or something. I had to mail a letter. And as I'm driving across town to the post office, I'm passing people. I'm still seeing people wearing N95s in their car alone. Like I, I'm still seeing that. Those are the people that listen to the mainstream media. I was actually telling Bruce before we started, I said, they've really turned the tables on the people that have been jabbed that are taking the COVID passports and everything else. Like they've got these people so turned around over here that like they, they don't even know what end is up anymore. They're walking around with masks like they're going to die. And if you go into a business... If you're if you're a person that's been that's been jabbed and boosted and everything else, of course, you have to be a boosted person now in order to be vaccinated. So if you go into a business here, if you look at the places that you have to be uh, vaxxed or recovered to go into, you have to wear N95s in there. Or they won't let you in. Well, what, what the hell? I walked into a bank the other day. There were like six people in there. And nobody was wearing a mask. But next door to that, there's a business that only allows vaccinated and recovered people in. And you've got to wear an N95. Explain that to me. So uh, I've got news for those people. You're all going to die eventually. So why not go out and live life while you can enjoy it? Oh, no, Bruce, being afraid of death. They might get sick. No, they might get sick. And they might more than that. They might get sick from someone like you. That's that's what might happen. Uh, you might. Yeah, you might get sick and you might you might gain immunity to a virus that oh, is no. the equivalent no. of the flu. No, they'll, uh, they'll be headed oof. right down to the next vaccine to get uh, to get a booster uh, if that happens. Yeah, because natural immunity now, because of the current state of science, only lasts 90 days. So yep. that's we know that because that's <laughs> that's what they've said. <laughs> so we, we know that. Which actually, that's true for the vaccines. That that is true. Your 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 efficacy. Okay. All right. Only lasts let's, about two months. Let's just go right into that. Let, let's just go right into that. I, I don't want to get. Look, we already know the media is uh, is dishonest. We already know that uh, nationally and internationally, you're not getting any inklings of the truth. We'll get to that very shortly. But since you brought that up, let's just delve right down into it. You sent me a piece today, great piece that confirmed a lot of what we knew, but it also shocked me on a couple of things that we didn't know about how they're counting. We're hearing people are going into the hospitals that are <clears throat> unvaxxed, right? We're hearing that. Oh, yep. well, there's a percentage that are going into the hospital that are unvaxxed. Why are they saying that? When most of the data we're looking at, real data, not this cooked up crap on TV, real data, and most of the papers we're looking at show that the opposite is the case. You found the explanation. So the stats they're using, basically, when you break down the policy, the policy says... Uh, if you've had one dose, if it's the J&J, you are considered unvaccinated if you test positive with a PCR test within 21 days of being vaccinated. So even though you're vaccinated, you're unvaccinated, according to the statistics. Um, and the same is true for someone that's been, uh, you know, goes with the mRNA vaccines. You require two doses. Well, you're considered unvaccinated for uh, two weeks after your second dose. Now, the reason that's important to note is both vaccines cause your immune system to weaken versus COVID for the, that two-week period. So you're more vulnerable to catching COVID during that time period. 
at, and in fact, you may actually have symptoms of COVID because of the vaccine. That that's also a side note. Um, so if you end up in the hospital uh, or you just test positive in general, you are now a positive case of COVID unvaccinated, even though you've had double jabs. Now, throw in the booster. If you have been double jabbed and you go in for the booster, same thing applies. Uh, two weeks after the booster, uh, it, within that two-week period, if you test positive with a PCR test, specifically they say PCR test, that's important as well because the, the number of false negatives that are involved there, if you go in and test positive, you are considered unvaccinated. Or in this case, uh, depending on which country it is, you may just be uh, double jabbed instead of uh, you know boosted. So you look at the graphs and you look at the charts. Well, most people in the hospital are unvaccinated. Actually, if you had an mRNA vaccine, you had one jab, but you didn't have the second jab, you're unvaccinated. If you had both jabs, but it's within that two-week window, you're unvaccinated. If you include that into the, 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 the numbers and the statistics, it, it shows that, um, no, actually, in fact, the people that are unvaccinated, the, the ones that are truly unvaccinated, haven't been jabbed at all, are making up the lowest number in hospitals right now. Um, people that are double jabbed, or, or excuse me, that, that have had the single jab or uh, the two jabs for the mRNA ones, right? Not They're boosted. the next on the list. Huh? Not boosted. Not boosted. Yes, not the boosted okay. ones, but they've, they've had the Got it. first jab, if you will. Got it. Um, they're the ones on the next next on the chart as the most infected or, you know, the ones that are occupying hospitals and cases. And then the next ones that are that that show up on the list are the ones that have had the two jabs. So you've got the ones that only had the the one jab of the mRNA and then the, the or the J&J, one of those. And then the ones that are double jabbed are the next on the list. But the ones that are triple jabbed are slightly lower than the ones that are double jabbed. So it's kind of showing that, but that's because that difference yeah, is because difference. of what we just went over. Right. It, right. It, when you account for it, it's the other way around. It's the triple jabbed. So in other words, the data is showing what we were talking about. Well, even if you take out everything I just said, if you take all of that out and you look at the data currently from the UK, the, the entirety of the UK, only 11% of those that are being hospitalized right now are, I think it's 11.3%. They're the actual unjabbed. They're the unvaccinated. Only 11% are, are being hospitalized right now and are showing the caseload. The, the rest of them are either double jabbed or triple jabbed in, in the hospitals. This is the That's, same data that correlates to, that we're seeing out of Australia. They're saying, uh, well, the ones that are dying are the, like, what was, it, uh, was what's her name uh, from New South Wales said the other day? She said the ones that are dying from uh, COVID are the ones that are, well, she said it without saying it, are the ones that'll that are double jabbed, but they weren't boosted. Uh, so we're telling you to, to go out and we're echoing the calls for you to go out and get boosted. When she just got done telling you that 33 out of 36 people People that were jabbed are dead. Yeah. Only three that were unvaccinated that had comorbidities. Yeah. Serious uh, comorbidities. Died. Yeah. 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 So basically, if you're unjabbed, you're better off uh, is, is basically what this is saying. Yeah. And if you go in and decide to go get the jab, not only are you more at risk of getting things like, I don't know, myocarditis or, you know, having a, a, a reaction to the vaccine, but you're also at greater risk of being hospitalized due to COVID complications. So, I mean, hopefully you haven't been jabbed. That is a very interesting statistic that you found there. Um, yeah. So moral of the story, 
stay away from these people, as in like the ones that are sticking people. Stay away from them. Looking at a lot of this, if we're going by that data and judging by these graphs that I'm seeing here, what this is going to cause is, again, what we saw in the initial rollout. You're going to see a slight drop, but then you're going to see a massive spike on the other side. So as the waning immunity happens because of ADE, then you're going to see the massive spike in cases. So my question is, is are we going to see the same thing with the boosted? I think we are. I, I really believe that we are. Because Israel. if it, Israel, yes. But if it trends, if it trends with the booster, because you said there's a small difference there because you see a small caseload drop with the boosted, but that's because of the difference. But over because time- Because of the policy. Because of the policy that, it's just that the they policy. have for calculating. Yeah, that's all it is. Oh, I got it. Okay. It's the, the, policy, the, the policy that they have- um, that slight dip that you're seeing, a slight change is because of the policy and, and what they consider vaccinated and unvaccinated or boosted and not boosted. Um, that said, you will see, like when you look at the graph and everything, you, you see a slow dip on cases in general. And then when w with the spike, uh, with this Omicron, the unvaccinated are the ones with the lowest spike. Uh, the ones with the double and triple jab are two to three times higher in in uh cases and that correlates the number we were looking the numbers we were seeing out of scotland anyway before because high vaccination rate up there and uh i, I did see the death rate per one million in uh what was it gibraltar of course they don't have a million that live down there uh, i think it's only about twenty thousand, twenty nine thousand, something like that since they've started their in 100 vaccination rate down there highest in the world highest in the world and since they've started that uh they've had almost 300 deaths already because of that rollout. And it's like, okay, you're going to continue on that road. I, I don't know what to say to you. Um, if you get to a certain point in your nation, rather that's uh, Israel, we'll, we'll talk about Israel, but rather that's Israel or the UK or the United States or, or Canada, whatever, when you get to a certain point and, and we figure out that this is what's causing this high mortality rate, I'll just put it that way to be polite about it. When you get to a certain point where you lose a third or more of your population in your nation and you can't replenish it, you can't survive as a nation. You can't function as a nation. And if you do, you're going to have to come up with something very, very creative in order to fix that problem because you're just not going to make it. You don't have enough people to run your infrastructure. You don't have enough people to run your supply lines. Anything. It all falls apart. And and this is where I this is where I highly doubt the numbers they're talking about, the 70s, the 80s, the 90% vaccination rate. I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I'm I'm with Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough, when he was talking about it on Joe Rogan's podcast when he said the vaccine rollouts were going fine until about April of last year. They were going fine. We had the we had the introduction of the vaccines coming out late February, early part of March. They were going fine until about April going into May, then they stopped because that's when you started to see all the mandates. Word was getting around that those vaccines were killing people. And so people stopped taking them. And that's when you started to see, uh, you know, should we mandate this? Uh, do we need to do we need to consider shutting people out? Do we need vaccine passports? Do, do we need to start putting pressure on people? That's when it all started. And of course, you see all of that's now crumbling too. a federal judge just shut down the federal worker mandate. It wasn't enough that the federal court last a federal court last week ruled that you can't impose it on businesses. But this week, just today, a federal court ruled that you can't impose it on federal workers. So that's now been shot down. So that's finished. That mandate has been canned. But now the question is, and I know people that are in this boat, the question is, what is now the fate going to be of the people that took it to save their jobs already? Now that the mandate's been squashed, you've already gotten those people. They've already made their choice. So yeah, 
Uh, anyway, Israel, you, you mentioned Israel there. Uh, we did see that there were 14,000 IDF soldiers that are currently down with COVID. High vaccination rate there. I think it's what, what is it, like 60, 65, 67%, something like that? Yeah, 65, 60, somewhere in there. It, it hasn't really changed from... Um when they first hit the the when they first hit the the category of being the most vaccinated in the world, they were at like sixty some percent. It hasn't really increased since then. That that they've sat at that number more or less since then. And I'm 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 uh, speculating it's probably because of the large Orthodox Jewish community they have there. They they don't they don't take vaccines, so that they may be hitting a a, a brick wall, if you will, uh, with some of the communities that just don't vaccinate in general. So that may be their highest number they'll get is maybe, you know, 68%. You know, I've heard some people speculating uh, on, on on other podcasts and other radio shows and things talking about Israel's vaccination rate and the mortality rate that these things are producing, shall we say. And someone made the comment today, uh, if they were, I mean, look, look, at, look at the Palestinians, right? Right next door, of course. If you're the Palestinians, all you have to do is wait, quite frankly. All you have to do is wait. Just wait three to five years and you won't need to fire a shot or fire bomb a cafe or anything like that. You can just walk right in. Yeah. Current rid of things. Um, they've got uh, Israel has the highest uh, uh, new case rate uh, in the world per, per 100,000. Uh, so the seven day rolling average of new cases, Israel takes the lead over uh, Australia. Interesting. Australia, where they have those crazy strong restrictions. Um, yeah. They're because they have a very low vaccine. They have a very low vaccination rate. What what did we actually see in some Aussie states? It was like six percent. It was nowhere near the numbers they were talking about. Nowhere near it. Yeah. Um. So per one hundred thousand, uh-huh. this is this is a fun number as well. The Australia is doing those crazy lockdowns and everything. Uh huh. Take a wild guess how many there are per one hundred thousand. Is this vaccinations per one hundred thousand? No. This this is this is the new cases. Oh, cases per 100,000. Uh, I saw, okay, does it echo the headline I saw the other day saying that they saw their single uh, largest increase or something in, in a day? Or is it dropped? I, I I guess if you want to call it that. I mean, it, it technically is, I guess, but 400. 400 cases per 100,000. Yeah, it's just, it's a little over 400. The, the, the mark is 400 and they're about four, maybe 10, 415 in, in that area. And Israel uh-huh. looks like they're five, 450, 500, somewhere in that range. Because they're at the very top of the chart where there isn't a, a, a marker. So I'm, uh-huh. I'm guessing it's probably 450-ish, 460. Off the chart, Israel is. Per 100,000, it's 450 for Israel and about 410 for Australia. Hmm. That's, that's tiny. It's a, it's a very small percentage of your population. And they're doing, Israel's doing N95 masks. They're doing uh, four jabs now. The quarantining, as we said, a lot of their soldiers are, are, which are required, by the way, to get vaccinated. What was it? 15,000? Is it 15,000? 14,000. And you've got 14,000 that are down. IDS. Yes. You've got 67,000 total in Israel that are uh, testing positive. And you've got of the 14,000 IDF soldiers, you've got, uh, what was it? 6,700 of them that are in isolation at the moment yeah so yeah yeah uh nine thousand are in quarantine almost almost nine thousand in quarantine yeah okay so israel right i i understand i understand there has been some pushback in israel but that's not the only place that's not the only place we've seen protests across uh, across mainland europe for 
God, are we going on a year now? Are, are we are we literally going on a year now for this? I think so. Yep. Well, at some point, uh, there has to be a uh, there has to be a critical mass, and we're approaching that. We're rapidly approaching that over here. Now, I know you're not seeing this in the American press, but what's happening over here is nothing short of spectacular. What did I say in the beginning? Because where I'm at, I mean, I, I'm to use a wartime analogy here. Where I am geographically, I'm deep behind enemy lines here. If you want to look at it as far as like COVID restrictions and everything, this has been one of the hardest locked countries in the world. Why? Why has that been the case? Why have the Germans been locked up? Why? I'll tell you why. Because the powers that be are nervous about it. Why are they nervous? Well, you have to go back in history to understand that. You have to understand the German mentality. The German mentality is that of a tribal people. Historically, that's where they come from. They look to leadership. They believe in a form of totalitarian rule. However, it's based on things that are, I, I don't want to say it's like, it, it, when we think of, normally when we think of totalitarian rule, we think of a bunch of corrupt uh, oligarchs running around. The Germans don't like that. What they like is totalitarian rule that makes sense. That's what they like. They like an orderly totalitarian rule. I, I know Bruce is laughing, but that's that's what it is. They like rules and regulations and, and things like that. The Germans like that stuff. And, and they're so good at following rules and regulations. I'll give you an example. There was an American man who was asking a German man a question about driving, as in driving a car. And the question was, the American man asked the German man, what do you do if you have a new car that you want to drive and you don't have a driver's license? If you just want to take it out, you know, zip around the block, you know, joyride a little bit. And the German man says, no, you can't do this because you don't have a driver's license. And the American man says, well, I understand that, but I'm, I'm just I, I'm asking, well, what if you say I don't care and, and I'm just going to go out and I'm just going to drive around a little bit and I'm going to come back. And the German man says, you're not listening to me. You can't do this because you don't have a driver's license. That's the German mentality. They follow the rules. And when you have an authoritarian government that comes in and slams their fist down and they slam it down hard, historically, the Germans follow the rules. So you're going to squash any kind of rebellion, any kind of pushback, uh, any kind of um, backlash that might uh, that might arise out of that. In the beginning, I said, once you unite the German population on something, historically, traditionally, you cannot stop them. Hell, this country tried to take over the world twice in 50 years. Believe me, they can get motivated. When they get motivated on a unifying idea, you can't stop them. You cannot stop them. The powers that be know that. They understand that. The think tanks that are running this operation understand that all too well. They know exactly what I'm sitting here talking about. So therefore, if you can stomp out any kind of resistance, if you can break and demoralize a people, well then, it's much easier for you to just run over them, isn't it? Because after all, we are in a war here. But that didn't quite work. That didn't quite work. See, what happened was, is that, you see, they started rolling out this uh, this booster program. And yeah, it didn't really go well here. Because now all the people that you told to get vaccinated are now unvaccinated. And well, you got Macron's, Macron over in France saying, well, if you're not vaccinated, you're a non-citizen. And yeah, well, uh, you just, yeah, you don't exist in society anymore. And you know what? People are tired of it. People are damn sick and tired of it. The Germans have been hitting the streets in mass over the last month. And they are growing day by day by day. And it is getting larger. Uh, and I know I've been saying that for a while, but 
it's to the point now where it can't be ignored any longer. You had protests in over 1,000 German cities and towns in one day, just the other day, in one day. What do you think that does to the ruling class of a nation? I don't care what country it is. What do you think that does to the ruling class of a nation? They have been running around here saying, oh, you got to you got to ban Telegram. We're going to block it from the uh, from the country. You're not going to be able to access it. And then people are sitting or running around saying, what are you talking about? We're going to block. What are we going to shut down the entire Internet? Well, I think that they will at some point. I, th- I honestly think they're that they're that insane. They probably will. Then they said, "Well, um, we just need Apple and Google to remove that from their uh, from their app stores. That's what we need to do." Okay, Telegram's already foreseen that that outcome. They've taken steps to allow you to access that service without even having an application on your phone. So what are you going to do then? You can literally go to their website. You can pull up a page on their website, sign in with your account on a web browser, and you can access your service. You can access your account. You can access all of your messages, all of your channels, everything. Then what you are you can, going to do? Uh, you can download the APK as well. You can sideload uh, it if you're an Android so you, user. Yeah. 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 Which is what I do. I, I, side, I sideload mine. I can control every aspect of it. Going in there with Apple or Google and removing that from your phone, I mean, it's just as simple as if you have the APK, you can reinstall it. But that didn't work. They tried to float that a couple of days ago. That didn't work. Then you had the head of the, like, whatever, the German intelligence agency or whatever. He, he came out and he said, um, we're seeing uh, the new face of the enemies of the state on scene at the anti-COVID protests, uh, both right and left. We've got a very serious problem here. Uh, yes, sir, you do. You've got a very serious problem here. And it's gotten worse. The German government is concerned, uh, very concerned. Now, I, I think that they've actually, I think the Germans have actually leapfrogged the French in protests in recent days, in weeks here. The French, I mean, hell, they were hitting the streets and they were building guillotines in Paris last year. You remember that? I think the Germans have surpassed that because the Germans are hitting the streets every day, every single day. The German government is seriously concerned. That's their words. They're concerned over the sheer number of protests against COVID restrictions in recent weeks, which are the most widespread in Germany's history. In the entire history of Germany, they have never seen people organized at this level in this many numbers. They've never seen that. The history goes back to before Christ walked. That's a long time. That's a lot of history. The German mainstream press, uh, Die Welt, which is uh, the world pretty much, it's a mainstream paper, but even they can't deny it anymore. On the same day that the protests uh, took place at over 1,000 locations across the nation, the government is concerned about decentralized actions, reports the newspaper. (laughs) You hear this, Bruce? Decentralized actions. Oh, dear. Oh, no. See, they're losing that centralized rule. Do you remember what I said about the German mentality? They're losing that centralized focus. They're losing the narrative on keeping people in line in one way of thinking. One source labeled the immensity of the demonstrations depressing. You hear that? That's It's depressing to see all those people out there in the streets like that fighting for their rights. Oh my God. Peacefully at, at, at that. Oh my God. They're, they're peacefully fighting for their rights. That is depressing. Doesn't that depress you? I mean, that depresses me. If I'm a, if I'm a ruling scum class of government, yeah, that depresses me. That depresses me because people look at me as illegitimate, maybe, as somebody that 
quite frankly, has no idea what they're talking about. You people in these buildings of every Western nation, you are a laughingstock at this point. How long? How long? I was asking this question about a month ago. How long until we're openly mocking these people in these buildings with these ridiculous rules, regulations, edicts, and every other damn piece of nonsense they put out? How long before we're openly mocking these fools and calling them out for the abject frauds that they actually are, the losers that they actually are? Never before in the history of the Federal Republic have there been demonstrations that are more widespread than in the last few weeks. The government counted 1,046 separate protests involving around 200,000 people. I think it's more than that if you're counting 1,046 protests. 200,000 people nationwide? I don't buy that for a minute. I don't buy that for a minute. I think you're missing a zero. Instead of describing such developments as depressing, uh, you'd think that you'd probably be wanting to listen to those people out there in the streets. Maybe you might think, hey, wait a minute. Um, there's hundreds of thousands of people out in our streets. Uh, there's millions of people out in our streets. Uh, I wonder what they're out there about. Are you so disconnected? Are you so locked into this this uh, th this sick ideology of these scumbags down there in Davos, the Klaus Schwab type? Are you so indoctrinated and wrapped up into that? You think you have a future in that? If you're a politician, if you're a bureaucrat, you think you have a future in that? They'll toss you aside. They'll throw you to the wolves in a heartbeat. In fact, that's what they intend to do. They think, the elites, when I say they, they think the hedge funds, the banks, the corporate heads, the Klaus Schwab types, the foundation types, the Gates, the Rockefellers, all those, right? They think that they're going to scapegoat you. They're going to scapegoat the national governments. They're going to scapegoat the bureaucracy. They're going to scapegoat the medical system. They're going to scapegoat you, just like the central bankers scapegoated the Nazis. They hired those sick bastards to do that. Oh, yeah, we prosecuted them, as we damn well should have. But see, we didn't get the people that hired them. That was the problem. We're going to go all the way this time. We're not stopping because you pull back on some restrictions. No, 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 no. People's rights have been violated. The very fundamental foundations of Western civilization have been assaulted and destroyed because of what you people have done. You think that we're just going to go away? No, 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 no. Now's the time to move so you don't have a chance to regroup. The time is now to press forward. And that's what we need to do. This is Ivan Sensik. I hope I'm saying that right. He's a member of the European Parliament from Croatia. He's called for the demonstrators across Europe to gather in Brussels, Belgium, in two days for a massive protest against the European Union. It is time for this failure, this monstrosity of a bag of corruption that you dumbasses that have been disconnected from reality. It is time for this nonsense to end. And all of it's got to come down. You hear me? All of it's got to come down. It's time for us to revert back to the nation state. It's time for people to have their nations back that they never should have lost in the first place. As a matter of fact, they lost it under false pretenses to begin with because you lied to them. And now here we are. This is the MEP in his press conference this morning. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, we are in January 2022 now. This is the third year of this COVID crisis. I would say that in the last few weeks or even months, uh, we, can, we have seen a failure of public policies based on strict measures. We have seen it not just in Europe, but all over the world. As well, 
in the last uh, few days and weeks, we also had a few statements by WHO, Emma, uh, CEO of Pfizer, that are really a game changer. CEO of Pfizer claiming that uh, their vaccines prove limited, if any, protection for Omicron. Statement by the WHO that this crisis cannot be solved or shouldn't be solved by boosters and that they want and suggest that a super effective vaccine that could solve everything in one blow should be invented. That's basically what they were saying and promised two years ago. And some statements that COVID should be considered a common flu in the following months. So all together with dramatic situation in Italy, in France, and with all the protests around Europe, protests in Belgium, in Germany, in France, in Netherlands, in Luxembourg, and all around Europe. I would like to use this opportunity, since it's happening today, to emphasize an event that's happening in Croatia today. Croatian doctors are protesting um, Croatian health system today because the health system and the ministry is not allowing them to treat their patients. Clearly, the governments of Europe, especially the ones based on strict measures, don't have the solution for this crisis. There are people who have solution for this crisis. There is a growing network of doctors all around the world and in Europe who have their uh, treating protocols as well. So why are they being denied? They shouldn't be denied. We need all the good solutions and these people should not be censored. So we have a protest in Croatia about that today as well. Uh, I would like to use this opportunity as well to call all the protesters of Europe, especially, as I said, from Germany, from highly populated area of Ruhr, which is not far from Brussels, from the Netherlands, their capital of Amsterdam, Rotterdam and others. The protesters in Luxembourg, the, protest the protesters all around Belgium and France, to come to Brussels on the 23rd of January. This is the heart of the European Union. This is where this policy was invented. This is where digital green certificate was invented. This is where discrimination and segregation started. This is where the censorship of science and medicine is supported, unfortunately. And this is where this has to end. So I'm calling on all of you to come to Brussels on the 23rd of January. Let's send a clear message, enough of false policies, enough of bad solutions, enough of censorship, enough of discrimination. It is time uh, for scientists to speak, to doctors to speak. It's time for an open debate and good solutions and respect of human rights. Thank you. Does anybody disagree with what that man just said? Because I certainly don't. I certainly don't. That institution, that corrupt ball of failure in that city is what has caused this mess. It started there, and that's where it has to end. Bruce, we played the clip of Von Delane walking out there saying, Oh, I've got my new COVID certificate. I'm going to be looking forward to using this on my trips. Lady, you're not using anything. You, you, you dumbasses are shooting saline water. Don't give me that crap. Hell, in all the files that we've looked at, the, the companies that are issuing this digital certificate, namely Gates, all of these people in these government offices and all the police officers that are out there clubbing people over the head are exempt. Yeah, you're looking forward to using it, all right, because you're not actually using it. You don't have to go through any of that. 
nor do any of your kind. So it's time for this to end. You're dropping all these restrictions? For what? What are you afraid of? Oh, it was a it was a global killer 72 hours ago, and now all of a sudden, oh no, we're dropping everything immediately. No, 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 no. No, you're not. You're not getting off that easy. No. And let's be honest, they're just going to look for a, a, another way to tighten the screws in another respect. That's all they're going to do. They'll come back at you harder on something else. No, no. As the good gentleman said, it's time to press on. It's time to move forward. It's time for these institutions to fall. It's time for us. It's time for we the people to set our own path away from this scum. In the middle of that, we were joined by a, uh, a very special guest, and he came in right as that speech started from that young man in the European Parliament. Ned, how are you? And what do you think of the, uh, the young lad's response there? Perfect. Honest. That's the main thing. It was honest. You listen to it. Yeah. Uh, the 23rd should be an interesting day to see how people do actually react. Uh, they need, they need um, feet on that walk around. They need it. They need Brussels to be stampeded more than nothing. It is, I don't know. I don't know. It is, it is crazy. It's like um, everything's unwinding about COVID because it's actually caused and actually just about achieved what it was needed to do. And that wasn't to help anything. It's just caused medical mayhem, medical dependency, segregation, polarization of people's and yeah, you're right. People are the only thing, the only answer to this. People have got to take over. People have got to re rule themselves. It's, it's the governments. The governments are in the pockets. And the problem is what the governments don't understand is that the stewardship that they have, whatever country they have, they can kick out any corporation off their soil. They can do that. And that's what they need to do. They just need to say, you've got nowhere to go. And that's it. One does it, another does it. Yeah, we don't want you here. You've done nothing but cause economic mayhem, segregation of our peoples. No, nah, don't want you here. We want you in this country. Ta-da, Pfizer. Ta-da. We can live without you. Let the doctors treat the people, and I'm sure they will, without Pfizer, quite easily. Without Moderna, quite easily. Yeah, I don't think there's a place in the world for any, 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 any more of them, to Bill Gates and people like that. No. Because, no. At all. There's no place for them. And that's what the countries need to do. Don't allow them any place. In fact, they should allow Bill Gates one place to go to. India. <laughs> he's got any spying. He should walk into India yeah, and answer you and I, everything. You and I both know what would happen to Bill Gates if his plane were to touch down on the tarmac in New Delhi. We all know what would happen to him. Well, it'd be a nice little cremation, wouldn't it? Oh, well, needless to say, he would receive quite a warm welcome, I'm pretty sure. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Very warm. Very warm. <laughs> well, I tell you what, where that son of a bitch is going, it's going to be very warm too. And to be honest with you, yeah, you're right. You're right on the money, Ned. They don't have a place anymore, and that's the problem. That is the problem. They're like they're a scared rat that's cornered, uh, which makes them very dangerous. But they've got nowhere to go, and they're not going to have anywhere to go because when we see this through, if you thought, and this is not this is not just some hollow uh, talk, I assure you, because we are not alone. We're just one voice. We're just one voice. There's millions of people out there in the streets across the continent of Europe that think just like we do. That much is evident. There are people that are in the European Parliament, as you just heard the young man say, that think just like we do. They're not Americans. They think just like we do. As a matter of fact, there was a um, there was another individual that spoke there 
Romanian MVP, uh, MEP, uh, Christian uh, Teres. I, I hope I'm saying that right. It's a long speech. I, I, I don't want to play all of it here. I, we, we don't have time to play all of it, unfortunately, I'm sorry to say. But as we're listening to it, we're like, you know what? The man sounds American. Yeah. He sounds American. He did. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the basic things he was talking about is basic tenets and principles that Americans have. And it, not not just Americans, the, the, the Western world should have in general. It's the basic ideas of live your own life. I tell you what, let, let's play just a few minutes of this. Uh, again, this is uh, this is quite long, but let's play a few minutes of this because I think it, it's it's worth playing just a little bit of it. Firstly, we stand by the people who want fundamental freedoms and democracy. Secondly, we will sanction all those responsible for violence and repression. The people took the peaceful uh, protests to the streets and the authorities answered with violence and this cannot be accepted. This is not our statement. I just quoted right now from a statement released by Ursula von der Leyen on August 19, 2020, after the violent protests in Belarus, or I will rephrase that. After the peaceful protests in Belarus, that were answered by the Belarusian government with violence. Now my question to Ursula von der Leyen is the following. Why is she silent right now? When people all across Europe who, are, who took it to the streets in order to defend and ask for their basic fundamental rights to be respected again by their own governments is not saying anything. When on the European streets right now, innocent and peaceful Europeans are beaten by police, are mobile by dogs, and you have cavalry here in Brussels that almost ran over peaceful people. I was at few protests, three in Brussels, one in Amsterdam. I saw Two protests in Brussels, the one in December, the two of them, the two of them in December. Peaceful protests where the police, without being provoked, answered with violence. But I was on January 2nd in Amsterdam, in Netherlands, and what I saw over there, I could not believe that in Western Europe, a police department a government could treat people the way those people were treated by the police in Amsterdam on January 2nd. And I show you a picture. This is just one out of the many pictures that were released by the media when innocent protesters were mauled by police dogs. The only thing that these people in Amsterdam asked for was not for higher pensions, for higher salaries, for new elections like the one in Belarus. The only thing those people asked for was to have their basic fundamental human rights respected by their own government, which did not happen. Another thing that shocked me after this inhumane and brutal response 
of the police in Amsterdam were the veterans of the Dutch army. They came and they created a line of defense between these brutal police forces and the innocent bystanders. And if you look on the images, you will see that the one who got beaten first were the veterans. These people, look, I'm not Dutch. I'm not a citizen of that country. But I have to use this opportunity to thank them for their service. This should be an answer that their own government should give them. These people risk their lives for the life and for the prosperity of their citizens. They did that, you know, in different NATO operations. And they did that on January 2nd. After I came from Amsterdam, I just could not believe it. I've seen what happened in 1989, in December in Romania, when we took it to the streets to fight against communism. We asked back then not only slogans against communism, but we asked and we demanded liberty, freedom. Now, until 1989, 1990, always the West looked at the East, saying, well, after the Iron Curtain, is this evil empire, as Ronald Reagan used to call USSR. After the collapse of Soviet Union, we all believed that these values, these humane values, I would say, that made such a great difference between the Western world and the world that was after the Iron Curtain, will prevail. And look where we are right now. From an Iron Curtain, handled by the USSR, we live right now in a world, in a world that you could easily call it Iron Fist. This is what EU became. People cannot protest anymore. If they peacefully protest, they will be attacked and brutally beaten by the police. Their basic fundamental rights were stripped away from them by their own governments. And the question that we should all ask is, where are we? What is, what direct, what is the direction that we will allow this EU to take? Clearly what we see right now is under the leadership of Ursula von der Leyen, EU is transitioning from democracy to tyranny. I said it before that the difference between democracy and tyranny is simple. When you know everything about your government, that is democracy. When the government knows everything about you, that is tyranny. Because transparency is one of the key elements that makes the difference between democracy and tyranny. But the second thing that makes the difference between democracy and tyranny is the respect for fundamental rights. See, those countries, after the Iron Curtain, that were influenced by the Marxist philosophy, they all said that people, the citizens, do not have basic fundamental rights. All these rights are actually privileges granted, given by the government. 
We in the West, we developed this great society where we believed. And we put it in constitutions, in treaties, in conventions. That every person has a unique dignity that must be respected and protected by the government. Liberty, freedom, dignity is not a right or are not rights granted by the government. But these are natural rights that the governments must protect. And look where we are right now. Macron just said a few days ago that if you're not vaccinated or if you don't have a green certificate, you're not a citizen anymore. You know what that means? That you don't have rights. Francesca just said what is happening in Italy. Imagine those Italian citizens on the islands. If they are not vaccinated or don't have a green certificate, they cannot use mass transportation. These people pretty much are imprisoned on those islands. Do we live in a Europe as an area of freedom, as the treaty says? Or do we accept this EU under the leadership of Ursula von der Leyen to become a prison camp? So this is the reason why we have to congratulate and thank all these people from all these countries in Europe that took it to the streets. It is sad that we have to go on the street and demand the respect for basic fundamental rights, but we don't have any other choice right now. So on January 23rd, there will be a huge protest in Brussels, and I hope that more of the European citizens will be here to demand exactly what we all, what we all ask for. Freedom, democracy, and liberty. On January 22nd, there will be protests in Stockholm. I was invited over there, and I will participate to that protest as well. The solution to what is happening right now in Europe, it's simple. It's a civic solution and a political solution. As far as the civic solution, we have to protest and demand from these corrupt governments and tyrannical governments that our rights be restored. As far as the political solution, I really hope that all the EU citizens woke up and they should not ever, ever again vote in any office, any candidate and any party who supported the abusive measures that we all face with right now in Europe. Thank you. Are you sure that that man is not American? Are you sure he's not? Because I could swear that he is. You see, because we come from two different <laughs> nations, it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. What that man said, every word of what that man said is absolutely correct. And you know what? That right there, you could see the video. You, could, you guys can see the video. I know it's a little bit off, but you could see the video. That right there, that's not a script reader. He wasn't reading a teleprompter, like one of these phony sellouts you see out there from... Uh, uh, one of these news networks. That's a genuine speech right there. And that's a genuine speech about what needs to happen going forward. Yeah, no, it's right. Anybody with any sense knew that nothing has been said about human rights. I mean, Europe used to lead it. COVID happened and the rhetoric stopped on anything like that, anything whatsoever. And to actually, it's been silent. There's been a silence for this part of two years on anything to do with human rights dignity, um, 
the world outside of all these little segregated countries which they've done everybody's been segregated but why by use of the media but this right here the these two speeches that that we've just played here and and i know that that was a little bit long i do apologize for that but that deserves airing that that oh, should definitely. be across absolutely that should be across every major network uh, across these nations that right there that is exactly what needs to be said but what did we say starting tonight the revolution will not be televised it will be live and it will be on certain platforms only yeah. and that is the, that is that's how a dictatorship works they control the media i mean that's what we've always fought against we, we our countries have turned into everything we fought against and that must aggravate every serviceman alive that served in any of the forces or whatever, fought for the countries or anyone that's been, it, you don't have to be on the front. I mean, whether you're in the offices, whether you're everybody that's got those ideals has put their reason, put themselves up front and all of a sudden saying, oh, you're a nobody, you're nothing. You're just turning you all into one sludgy, same mess of non-thinking, agreeable people. And that is what they are trying to do. And people have just rolled over. It's not a nice thing to say. There's people, there's people that I, 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 I still feel highly of because they're intelligent people and stuff. But they have just the easy option, the easy option. And they don't look down that line and giving it, if we don't actually speak up against this, we're at this tipping point where the world could fall into a very dark place. Very, very dark place. It's not good. Well, my that friend. Man, well, both of those were right. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Bruce, do you have That's problem? courageous. To, to stand up is courageous. It is. It is. And in the European Parliament, of all things, I mean, for, for them to, to stand there, to call a press conference and stand up there. And to his point there, to, to the last MEP's point there, where is von der Leyen? Where, where is she? Where, she? She's all about all this stuff. Where is she? Where, where are you for your winning ideas? Let's see her. Come on. Come on out. We're waiting. We'll wait. That's fine. We're not going anywhere. Where is she? Cowards. The, They're the cowards. Media, they are. If if the media was truly on our side, the side of the people, they would have been airing this. This would have been all over, except it wasn't. Uh, if the media was on our side, they would be showing the protests that are happening. The peaceful protests, as they said, and the dogs mauling the peaceful protesters, that would have been broadcasted. They would have been plastering that all over the news. This is what your government's doing to you. You go out and peacefully protest, and this is what they do. That would have been all over if they were on your side. I mean, how many protests people scream about police brutality? It didn't take much for the people to rise up. Now it's allowed. I mean, no, no, I don't understand how a policeman can actually do that. We're not in. The, we're not in that. We're not in that stupid age. In fact, we seem to be in a feudal age, don't we? And that's you the problem. So, yeah. 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 We seem to be in a feudal age where yeah, you're allowed to take them outside and kick them around the block. Yeah, off you go. Not a problem. You work for me. No, they work for us or meant to. So, yeah, people rights. Oh, bless them. If they're, I mean, Stockholm's having one on the 22nd tomorrow. Yeah, Stockholm is tomorrow. And then Brussels is, uh, is on Saturday or is on Sunday. I'm sorry. Wow. And oh. they can't stop. I know we were talking about this before you came in. Uh, they can't stop what's going on over here. The uh, the mainstream press now can't ignore it uh, any longer. You're looking at uh, they just the other day, uh, Ned. They had 1,046 separate protests across Germany, and this is happening every day now. Uh, and it's not in the news. It's not anywhere. They're not able to hide this anymore. And the German government is um, concerned, like their own. 
their own words on the matter is that they're seriously concerned. And they say it's depressing seeing people out there in the streets like that because they're seriously concerned about the decentralized actions. That's their exact quote. <laughs> the biggest thing that I'm concerned about is, is the fallout. It's got to be reversed. And the problem is when something like this is re reversed, then you get people who say, and they start pointing fingers at maybe every one of those policemen that raise a stick and they want a bit of revenge and a bit of comeback and a bit of everything. And it could turn into a chaotic mess if it's not handled right. And that's a scary thing because spite yeah. and revenge but it needs be to horrible. Be, it needs to be, and, and quite frankly, it's been peaceful up to this point. These people need to be taken into custody. It needs to be done quietly. Uh, that, that's what has to happen. Uh, and I've said that from the start. I said that years ago when we started down this path. I said, the question now becomes... Are you going to just go quietly? That's what it's going to be. And you said, and, and I completely agree with you, you said the Gates, the, the Schwabs, the, these people, they have no place in the world anymore. Their time's over. And, and let's, let's just, let's try and minimize this. Let, let's make this as painless as possible for both of us. Let's get this over with. You're going to have to hold them in custody until the courts can be constructed for us to try them. That's what has to happen. Correct. It's, it's, it's a war of the people. It is. And it, it is. And, and it has to be peaceful. It must be peaceful. No violence is needed here. That's not needed. That's where they want to take it. That's not necessary. That is not necessary. We don't need to go there. That's exactly where they want it to go. But it's not enough, in my opinion. It's, it's not enough. Uh, and it's not enough for, for the people that are in charge of and the ones that are going to construct these courts. It's not enough to simply offer up the bureaucracy. It's not enough. We tried that before and it led us to this point. Oh, we what? Didn't, yeah. The, the four we, guys, the scapegoats. Yeah, it's, that's not enough. Else. That's what they're going to do now. They're going to offer up these governments. They're going to offer up the bureaucracy. They're going to offer up the health system that have, that have quite frankly, uh, committed, well, I guess we can, call, we can go with second degree murder at this point, um, or criminally negligent homicide. Um, we can we can start there. But uh, as far as the evidence that Dr. Mike Yaden presented to the German legal team, Dr. Fulmish was clear. He said, this is nothing less. This is a smoking gun by the pharma companies complicit with the governments of premeditated mass murder. That's what's coming. And it's not going to be just the ones in the bureaucracy that are going to take the hit. We go all the way this time. That's what we do. We go and we go and we go and we don't stop until these people are in chains. That's how it has to be. You go at this 110% or we don't do it at all and we end up right back here where we are now. Uh, if you don't clean house, it'll just exactly his ugly head up. Exactly. That's right. All of it it'll, has to go. come back. Exactly. We're going to get them all this time. All of them. The hedge funds, the banks, the pharma companies, the Gateses of the world, the Schwabs, the Soroses, you're all coming down. Do you understand? You're all coming down. Wouldn't that be a joyful time? <laughs> it's going to be fun. It has to be that. Um, we've talked about it before with uh, the bureaucracy here in the U.S. as an example. Um, you can change out your elected officials all you want, but you still have the bureaucracy. You still have those that are not elected that have to be purged. Uh, you, you still have the businesses, the hospital. It's not even just the hospitals. It's the uh, or the medical uh, facilities in general. It's the administrative parts of those. They they were complicit in all of this uh, here in the U.S., if somebody was uh, COVID positive, uh, you, you got, uh, what was it, three, $4,000? If they were administered into the hospital, you got more. And if they were put on a ventilator, you got even more. And then if they died in the hospital with COVID, you got even more. So you were incentivized to cancel all other forms of 
medical treatments uh, to give PCR tests that were uh, cycled up. So it showed everybody, you know, tons of false positives and just raking the money doing it that way, uh, all on a scam. (laughs) Instead of treating people in the hospital and giving them proper treatments that would they they would recover. Hell, some of the treatments, it it literally was to give them over the counter uh, medications or uh, along with vitamins and whatnot and send them home. Most people did not need hospitalization. And if you gave them the treatments, it was something like 80 some percent didn't need hospitalization with the, the proper treatments, but it would have removed the cash cow. They would have not gotten the money. So the problem isn't just uh, the elected officials. It's rampant everywhere. And unfortunately, it's going to take a lot of work to get this done. It's not the whole system. The whole system is horrible. Yeah, it's broken. Yeah, it's broken. It, the, bi- the, bi- the business science that's brought us here cannot repair it. It needs totally breaking down and restructuring to the point where if, if they can run the whole world and talk about money this and money that and money when actually the spending, the world is spending more money than it generates. So it's a total digital nightmare. It can be digitally cleaned up. Can we, it can be digitally be, cleaned up. Before you go any and further. And you can have a, re, a restart with people. People taking over their own, regovernmenting and giving it. Right, that's it. I don't care how much this company thinks we owe it, what the COVID bill is. Oof. We don't want you here. Before before we get Digitally too far wipe off that, it out. Yeah, before we get too far off of that, can we can we at least can we at least all understand that uh, we're, we're not calling for like the Klaus Schwab type of uh, great reset here? That's not what we're on board with. No, we don't want to reset. No, we don't want to reset. We no. want to reform. We want the people right. to take right what exactly the fact is under this. under free market pretenses to where we to to what built us up in the first place. That's what we want. Can we all agree on that? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you don't want to. Okay, small the, the business, with local, the word, that stuff. That, that's what I'm talking about here. Yeah, people should be able to, no matter what we do in the future, we will still have to have agreements with each other. Correct. No matter where we go. Correct. Yeah? Sure. Because some people will be able to do something or others, and that's good trade. If you want something, you see somebody, you get it from. You come to some form of agreement, some form of payment, whether it's money or whether it's trade or whether it's whatever. But you do it on a level where it, it's got to a point where so few control everything. And that's where it's wrong. There's no balance there at all. I mean, the one word that that gentleman who had a voice was transparency. There is no transparency. There's been no transparency. People have just rolled over and done exactly what they've been told. And every time someone's questioned something, there's been no answers. There has been no transparency. And that's the thing. If they can't answer it, don't buy it. That's what you were taught, you know? The dodgy person, that, the dodgy person that rings up does a cold call. If it sounds too good, don't buy it. And that's what the people should have said to the vaccine straight off. Um, if, well, as soon as they asked a question and they didn't get an answer, or as soon as somebody said something, and they got silenced. Well, sounds too good. I got rid of it. Simple. But they never stuck to that, did they? No, they they thought that by going along to get along, that they were going to uh, just get their quiet, happy little life back, and that was going to be the end of it. Now, if you're a uh, double vax person, that's not enough. You need a booster or you're not getting into places. And when you do get into places, you're strangled with an N95. It's a dict- uh, world, dictatorships don't work. They fail. But you have to go through a very dark period to do it. And we are at that 
tipping point where we got to stop it. You got to stop it, otherwise it's yeah. going to be a bad route. Yeah, it's time for it to end. Very bad route. It's it's time for it to end, it's, as the uh, as the astute gentleman said there. It's uh, it started in Brussels. It's going to end there. It it is going to end there. Uh, that's enough of this, uh, and that's enough of these people. I've had enough of these people, and I'm sure the average person out there has had enough of them too. We, we've had enough of this. You've wrecked our economies for for God knows how many uh, how many years to come. We're going to have to figure that one out as we're sitting here and we're brainstorming about. Uh, and I think we're going to have a roundtable next week, Ned, with you and uh, you and Marty. And we're going to expound upon the last conversation that we had uh, because he was saying he wanted to add points to it and uh, and this and that. And so what better way to do that than just have a roundtable and we'll hash all of our ideas out. We'll throw them all on the table and we'll see what we can come up with. Uh, but that'll be uh, that'll be next week. We're at time. Yeah, it'll be colorful. I'm sure. Uh <laughs> We're at time here. Uh, Bruce, you got any final thoughts? Let's get back to a moral ethical society. That's that's if we would have stuck with that. I don't think we would be in this situation we're in. Business has no more morals to it. Yeah. Respect. You get respect. I totally agree, Bruce. 100 percent. And I know you came in. That has gone out. Yeah. And I know you came in kind of late, Ned, but I will give you the last word. No, you're fine. I came in. um, I don't know why I came in. I just felt I just. Yeah, I just wanted to, and I, I'm so glad I did because I heard two really good speeches, two honest speeches, and the word is I really would like to see brilliant outcome tomorrow and the next day. What's the best platform to have a look at that on? Do you know? Telegram, sir. We'll Find be posting it? it up. Yeah, we'll be posting it up on our uh, on our page. What comes out with it, and uh, we'll be following some others as well. Yeah, I'll be watching that closely. It's just good that you got platforms like this. Indeed, it is. I'll, I'll be watching. Okay. I'll be watching. All right. And hopefully we'll have some good words to say next week. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, and I'm sure that uh, that more speeches like that are on the horizon from people just like that, if not the same ones. All right. We're going to go ahead and call this one done. So I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Ned, thanks for popping in. Uh, wish you could have been here the entire time. It was really fun uh, up until the time you came in. Uh, and then we had more fun when you got here. So uh, next week, though, uh, next week with you and Marty, it'll be a lot of fun. So looking forward to that. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a fantastic weekend. And we will see you on Monday. For listening to us on Monday, have a great evening. And we will see you tomorrow.